In sports, they say numbers never lie, but odds are they do. Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer, and host Andrew Botwinick are about to go against the grain this week as we make our day-to-day picks. All views and opinions expressed in today's show do not reflect KZLX, KNWT, or Northwest Missouri State University. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Day-to-Day Picks. Andrew Botwinick, Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer here with you for about another hour and 40-ish minutes. We're going to jump now into the NFL. We're going to take a look at our records from last week and then our overall records. Last week, Sam had the best week, 11-3 and three overall record. I was a game back behind him at 10-4, and four, and then Brady rounding out the rear at 8-6. and six. Overall record-wise, I'm still sitting at number one by a game at 69-37 and 37 overall. Sam right behind me at 68-38 and 38 after his last week, obviously picking up a game on me. And then Brady dropping back a couple of spots, still not too far out behind everybody else, 65-41 and 41 overall. So much like our college picks, everybody's kind of in, in the same boat, Obviously not nearly as close as our college picks with everybody at the same record, but now in the NFL, everybody's kind of a couple games back behind each other. We're going to start with the Redskins at the Vikings. Minnesota opened up a 16-point favor. Yeah, and that's probably fair. I mean, it's at Minnesota. We've seen what this Redskins team has done this year. is not very much. Uh, they had one win against the Dolphins, uh, so not a very convincing win at that either. Uh, so... You know, this Redskins team's just, I guess, in the same boat as the Dolphins tank for Tua mode. And this is a game where Kirk Cousins can show out. Uh, you know, he's kind of come under fire for not being very clutch, not being very good in games against, you know, good opponents. Well, he's not playing a good opponent this week, so here's a chance for him to ball out. And you know, even though Adam Thielen's not going to play, they still got Stefan Diggs. I look at this Redskins team, and I think the big thing with them is you got Jay Gruden out of the building for a couple weeks now, and when when do you throw in Dwayne Haskins? And it might be this game, it might not be, and I see this game as kind of the Vikings taking control of it early and not letting go. And Kirk Cousins has responded to a lot of a lot of people. He's caught some flack a few weeks ago for I mean hitting his dumps, hitting his dump downs a lot and stuff like that, not playing to his best ability. But he's responded to that over the last few weeks. And without Adrian Peterson playing this week, I th- actually I think he's questionable. But if he doesn't play, that's even more of a reason to pick the Vikings if you didn't have enough already. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say the only the only thing that kind of balanced it out is that Adam Thielen will not be playing in this game. He's already been ruled out for this game tonight. I honestly think that helps Kirk Cousins a little bit because now he doesn't have to kind of say, okay, Adam Thielen, you get this many targets. Stephon Diggs, you get this many targets. Keep you at bay. Keep you at bay over here. I still have to hand the ball off to Dalvin Cook. I have to try and balance every part of this offense out because you look at the Chiefs offense and other offenses in the NFL, Whoever you just ride the hot hand. Whoever's having a good game, you just keep feeding them the ball. As we've seen with this Minnesota team, everybody's kind of saying, okay, well, I want my numbers to go up. I think I can help the team win best. Adam Thielen, obviously, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, and Dalvin Cook are guys that can help the team. I'm not saying that these guys aren't going to be able to, but you have to continuously have Adam Thielen, 10 targets, 8 targets. Stephon Diggs, same kind of situation, 8 targets, 10 targets. Dalvin Cook has to have 20 carries a game almost because that's about the NFL average per game now, and that's what you want to have. Without Adam Thielen in, 
It makes Stephon Diggs' targets go way up. He feels like he's going to be a much better contributor. That takes a lot of pressure off of Kirk Cousins to make sure in the back of his mind he's not thinking, okay, well, I've thrown to Stephon Diggs three times in the first quarter. I have to throw to Adam Thielen because he's probably going to get open as well coming up here and, and, and this kind of coverage against Washington, who's not really a great team. But obviously last week they, they play a close one against San Francisco, a 9 nothing game. Obviously rain had a lot more to do with that than anything else. Jimmy Garoppolo, which is surprising. We'll get more into that here in a little bit because the 49ers should have won by a lot more in the rain. But I'm picking Minnesota in this one. I think everybody else is in agreement picking yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Picking the Vikings. So that's who we have for our Thursday night game tonight. And then we'll jump now into Sunday. We'll start with a, an interesting one, the Seahawks at the Falcons. Seahawks open up a three-and-a-half-point favor, which is kind of surprising to me that they open up as just a three-and-a-half point. I think that um, is just base, basically because it's at, at Atlanta. Uh, I think they're giving Atlanta a little bit of a home field cushion, and they still have like they still have weapons. Like they still they at Matt Ryan's still a good quarterback. Devontae Freeman is a good running back. Julio Jones probably top three best wide receiver in the NFL, if not number one. Uh, so they have all the weapons. They just haven't been able to produce. And like I don't know what's happening with this Atlanta team, but. I do know what's happening with Seattle. Russell Wilson is leading them in an MVP-style campaign, and Chris Carson's just been an absolute workhorse. The defense got a lot better with Jadavian Clowney. They got a lot of weapons, too, a lot of weapons that we really haven't heard of. Uh, you know, they have DK Metcalf, and they've also put Jerron Brown in there, and also you know Tyler Lockett, of course. So all those guys, I think Seattle takes this. And Seattle is having Russell Wilson at, I mean, he's neck and neck with Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion, for the MVP. And without him, I I don't see the Seahawks team as a threat to many teams in the NFL. And the Falcons, I, I don't, they're one and six, and I don't know what's going on with them. I mean, you look at the talent they have on this roster. They have Matt Ryan, who's a top five passer or yards in the NFL right now. And they have Devontae Freeman, who hasn't had a great year by any means, but He's still he still could be that Devontae Freeman that we had three years ago, and they have a top two or three or top one, if depending on your opinion of receivers in the NFL. I think it's been the injuries on that defense that have been the the killer for them. And I look at this and I've 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 tried to come back and stick with the Falcons and say like they'll catch up and and whatnot. But I think I'm gonna go with the Seahawks here, and I think I think they'll. Uh, take the Falcons down and another interesting part in this as they have updated it Seattle is now a six and a half point favorite so that's a little bit more about what I expected coming in obviously Seattle coming off of that loss to the Baltimore Ravens I believe that one was a 30 to 16 yeah 30 16 score just last week how does Seattle kind of bounce back from that well I mean obviously pulling Lamar Jackson and, and Mark Ingram in that run game that they have in Baltimore is a lot different than what you're going to get with potentially Matt Schaub at quarterback because Matt Ryan, obviously, there is a lot of question to see if he's going to be playing. He had the ankle injury last week on a sack by Aaron Donald. If he is out, Matt Schaub's in at quarterback. Devontae Freeman is probably going to get a lot more bulk uh, of carries than he's used to getting. But you flip back, how does Seattle kind of combat their loss last week to Baltimore? I think you just come out like just forget about the loss. It happens. Baltimore's a good team. Now they come into this game. 
It's thinking, hey, this is a team we definitely should beat. Last week was a little bit up in the air because Baltimore, you know, is probably going to win their division. Now Atlanta, they're one and six, struggling mightily, and you know this is a good game to make a statement and say, last week was just a tough game against a tough team. This week, you know, go out and ball out on them. And Baltimore, they are a tough team to beat. By I mean, they could go out any day and beat anybody. But I think you do worry a little bit if you're Seattle because that was Russell Wilson's worst performance of the season, and. I mean, I th- he should he should be able to come back from it, and they're playing the Falcons, who are not having a great year. So this this should be your catch up game. You're where you get back on track with Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf or whoever you're not on track with. But you do worry a little bit because you just had Russell Wilson's worst performance, and you lost to uh, the Ravens, who are a good team, but a team that you should beat. So I mean, we'll see if we'll see if they can get back on track here, but. I think that they will. And we'll talk more about the Falcons later on because this is the, the trade deadline. This is the last episode before the trade deadline next Tuesday. So we'll get more into the buyers and sellers as we've already seen kind of that, that the Falcons are more in that sell market trading away Mohamed Sanu. They're, they're possibly needing to possibly going to trade another piece or two on defense. For that reason and the other reasons that everybody's mentioned, I'm also picking the Seahawks. Russell Wilson doesn't have the performance he did last week again against this Falcons team on the on the, on the road I'm picking the Seahawks Chargers at Bears Bears open up a four and a half point favor and this should be an interesting one given how both of these teams played last week this, the Chargers should be a heck they should be five and two instead of two and five I mean that really should be the record but they're here and you know it, at first, looking on this game on the schedule, like okay, that the, the Chargers have a good offense. They have a strong offense. You know, Chicago doesn't have a good Chicago doesn't have a good offense. They're going to score points. Chicago isn't. Chargers win. Now you're looking at it. Melvin Gordon's struggling. The Chargers have really kind of stopped giving the ball to Austin Eckler in an attempt to get Melvin Gordon back on track. Philip Rivers has struggled, and now you add in the Bears' defense to all that. It's tough. It's gonna be really tough for Los Angeles to even to go into Chicago now, and you know even though Mitch Trubisky and this you know Bears offense is struggling and they're not really very good, they still always gotta can rely on that defense. And with a struggling offense coming in, I don't see the Chargers picking up a win here. And like you said, that Bears that Bears offense hasn't been great this year but that defense is still that Bears defense that we saw last year and the Chargers run game has just been I mean even since Melvin Gordon came back that he's averaged just over two yards a carry and Eckler like you said hasn't been getting the volume that he was getting and I look at this Chargers defense and you still don't have Derwin James and your Melvin Ingram is questionable and you have some more injuries on that defense to watch out for I'm going to go with the Bears in this one and the Chargers I I hadn't given up on them until I haven't I haven't, I wouldn't say I've given up on them yet. I would just say I'm I'm not I'm going to wait and see until I pick them again to see if they can get back on track. So I'm going to go with the Bears. I've given up on the Chargers. They <laughs> to me all the injuries that they have when once they start getting players back, we might we'll see. I think if this team's fully healthy, they're a team that could compete in the AFC West, but with all the injuries, as you mentioned, Derwin James, uh, Melvin Gordon holding out at the beginning of the season, they just put another one of their offensive linemen on IR this last week, Forrest Lamp. 
he's <laughs> the rest of this team hasn't been able to compete. Melvin Gordon since he's been back. Two yards per carry, two point two yards per carry in the game before that, and in the first game he came back, two point six. He hasn't been able to move the ball at all, and once Melvin Gordon came back and was supposed to be this this savior for this offense, he was supposed to do everything with the ball. You cut away Austin Eckler, who was doing that. He was doing everything for offense that you needed to do. He was the reason why they won some of these games. And if he didn't fumble at the one yard line against the Lions. They would have won that game as well. And then you, you get Melvin Gordon back. He's doing the exact same stuff that Austin Eckler is doing, fumbling at the one-yard line against the Titans, but he's averaging 2.2 yards per carry. You, you would much rather have a guy like Austin Eckler, who is the number one running back in terms of receiving back. He is number one in, in yards per – not yards per catch, but in yards receiving. He was at one point leading the NFL in touchdowns. That is a guy that, that is an MVP caliber number in Austin Eckler at the beginning of the season just a few weeks ago before Melvin Gordon came back. Melvin Gordon gets inserted into this lineup and doesn't play like any. He doesn't do anything that this offense wasn't already getting from Austin Eckler. And it's just baffling to me why Anthony Lynn would cut back Austin Eckler after the performance he gave week in, week out, just because, oh, we got Melvin Gordon. This is going to be our guy. We're going to pay him a lot of money insert him into the lineup just play and we'll get more into melvin gordon later as well as austin eckler rants aside i am picking the bears in this one so we'll go now the last two games of the noon schedule eagles at bills bills open up a two-point favor and i think this one is definitely one of the ones that i have pegged as my interesting game at noon yeah it's probably one of the more interesting ones because it's two of the better teams in the NFL, I mean, Eagles are three and four, but they're still one of the better teams. Like you can't really look at the record and say they're not good. Uh, I I do think this line is a little kind of a slap in the face to Buffalo. Their defense is great. Their offense is a little iffy, but still, it's pretty. It's not bad by any means. And I think they could have put this line a little bit more in favor of Buffalo because last week, Philadelphia, who played. The Cowboys, who don't have as good a defense as Buffalo, but they still have a good defense, just played terrible. They came out, fumbled, I believe, the first two opening drives, the first two fumble, and uh, they just looked really flat on both sides of the ball. And I, to be honest, I think they're going to come out and do that again at Buffalo. Buffalo's great defense. You know, Bills Mafia is going to be rocking like always. So I'm going to take the Bills in this one. And this game's going to be the game where, personally, I'm going to decide if I think the Bills are for real or not. They're 5-1, and one, which is a great record, but if you look at their schedule and go in depth more, they don't have any convincing wins. They they beat the Jets by one, but other than that, or they uh, they won in New York by two touchdowns, and that's that's their biggest win of the season. They only lost to the Patriots by six, which is looking like... That a, might be their biggest <laughs> win of the season, only yeah. losing by six. <laughs> I would say that. Uh, the Eagles... I, they haven't been. They haven't played like people thought they were going to play. Carson Wentz has not been the MVP that everybody thought he was going to return to this year. But they still are the Eagles. They won the Super Bowl two years ago. I think that this game will be the game where you look at the Bills, and if they win convincingly, you'll say, okay, this Bills team actually might they might give the Patriots a run for their money. So I am going to take the Bills in this one, and I think I think that they'll win. I I think it'll be a really close game. But I will take the Bills. What is going on with Philadelphia? 
you look at their schedule and who they've played this year, they win by five points against the Redskins. They lose to the Falcons. Their only the Falcons' only win of the season is to the Eagles. You lose to the Lions, which is understandable. The Lions are a good team. You win by three points against them. You beat the Packers, who is arguably the, the best team in the NFC now. You, you beat the Jets, rightfully so. You lose to the Vikings, and you get blown out by the Cowboys. I don't I don't understand Carson Wentz and this Philadelphia team. You look on the flip side, Buffalo, this is a must win for them. It's early to say that in the season. They're five and one. So like clearly their record doesn't show that. But as Brady mentioned, their wins are, are against the Jets in week one where they came back and granted it was a very convincing comeback. You beat the Giants, you beat the Bengals, you beat the Titans, and you beat the Dolphins. You beat the worst teams in the NFL, aside from the Redskins, which if you haven't looked at their schedule, they play them next week. So they'll play the worst teams in the NFL and hopefully have a 6-1 a, a and one record at, between those aside from this game here against the Eagles. This is a must-win game for them at home. Bills Mafia needs to show up. They need to say, hey, we're playing the Eagles team, and granted they're 3-4. and four. We're a two-point favor against a team that's sub-500, and we're, we only have one loss, and it's to the, the Patriots, the Super Bowl champions, and we lose by six points. Josh Allen and this this offense needs to click it a little bit more than they have been. The defense is going to go out there, and they're going to do their thing. They're going to hold the Eagles to probably two touchdowns around around 14 to 17 to possibly 20 points. I don't think this game gets to even 40 points combined. I think it, it stays in that sub-20 apiece. But the Bills need to get a, a win in this game to, to kind of show the NFL, hey, we're a legit team. And Granted, it's against a, a struggling Philadelphia team, but – we can go out there and we can make plays when we need to. That's why I'm picking the Bills in this one. I think, Sam, you're also picking the Bills. I am also picking Bills. We have our Sunday afternoon and Sunday night games. We'll start with the Panthers at the 49ers. San Francisco opens up a five-and-a-half-point favor at home here. And the big note for this one is that Kyle Allen is going to be officially starting over Cam Newton. Cam Newton cleared to play. Rivera says, we'll go ahead and we'll start Kyle Allen. Cam Newton hasn't won a game this year yet. Kyle Allen has won four of them. So we'll go ahead and we'll give him the start. Yeah, I think that's smart. Kyle Allen is really just – he's not been like the passing. Like he hasn't really done much. But he's he's uh, you know been a game manager. I mean, he's got seven touchdowns, 900 yards. And all he's really had to do is just give the ball to Christian McCaffrey. And this is probably the biggest test of the season for that San Francisco front seven who's just been outstanding all year, you know, getting a lot of pressure on quarterbacks, but now they have to deal with Christian McCaffrey, who's arguably been the MVP of the year, uh, you know, definitely the best running back in the NFL, and it's going to be fun to watch how San Francisco monitors C- run CMC. You know, you said this is the first test for that 49ers front seven. I think this is the first real test for Kyle Allen. I mean, you can't really say you should start Cam Newton because Kyle Allen, he hasn't he hasn't been pretty. He hasn't been pretty, but he's came in and he's four zero. You don't really you don't really bench four zero when the guy you're bringing in would be zero and two on the year. But it is a big test for Kyle Allen. We'll see we'll see if he can maybe take down this 49ers team. Who some I mean that they are a real deal, but some people still don't see them as maybe a legit NFC contender. And I think this is like you said also a chance for that 49ers defense and 49ers team in general to you know take control of that and take care of the a team they should beat but a good team in the NFC 
So we'll see. I'm going to take the 49ers in this one. I think that Kyle Allen will come out, and it could be a close game. I think he keeps him in it, but I think the 49ers take it in the fourth quarter. And you mentioned that Kyle Allen's no slouch. He's not. He's already kind of played his his game where they, they threw him into the fire and they say, this is your game. Go out and win this game against the Texans. They do win that game 16-10. As you mentioned, it's not pretty. He's not going to go out and he's not going to throw 300 yards every single game. He's going to hand the ball off to Christian McCaffrey. He's going to throw some screen passes to Christian McCaffrey. The ball's going to be going to Christian McCaffrey if you didn't get that memo. But that's essentially it's what they've done and it's worked for him. Kyle Allen hasn't really needed to say, well, I'm going to scramble five, six times a game. I'm going to try and get my rushing yards up as well as throwing some, some passing yards as well. He's kind of just said, I'll throw a 10-yard slant every single play, a five-yard out, whatever it does to move the chains, put the ball in the end zone, get some scores. The defense has been playing a lot better the past few weeks when he's been playing as well for some reason. Couldn't peg that one why, honestly, but the defense has been playing a little bit more consistent. It's going to be a very low-scoring game with the way these two teams have played, so don't be surprised if it ends in like a 10-7, 13-7 score because that's just how these two teams have played, the 49ers. We'll get back into their game last week. As we mentioned, it was a 9 nothing game in the rain. This is a team in San Francisco that likes to run the ball. They, they thrive on running the ball. Jimmy Garoppolo has basically been a glorified Kyle Allen <laughs> this year, you could almost argue. Yeah. He hasn't really had to throw for 300 yards every single game because they have Matt Breida. They have uh, Mostert back there. They have Tevin Coleman. They have all these running backs back there that they're able to run the ball a lot. They're almost getting 200 yards a game rushing, Jimmy Garoppolo can almost just sit back and hand the ball off every single play because they're going to pick up yards. It's going to be a low-scoring game because both these teams like to utilize the run. makes the clock move a lot faster. I'm siding with the crew on this one. I'm picking the 49ers, but don't expect it to be a blowout of a game. It's going to be a close one. It might even come down to the wire just given how these two offensive plays. Now we'll officially move into the Sunday night game, this time for real. Packers at Chiefs. Green Bay, a five-point favor, and it's been back and forth. Mahomes obviously dislocated kneecap last Thursday night in the in the game last week that we talked about. He hasn't been officially ruled out to play, though, and we'll kind of talk about that a little bit now, and I think we might even have some time to talk about it here and what are the odds, but he hasn't officially been ruled out. He's been practicing, limited at practice, obviously, here, and we'll talk more about if he should be playing but that's just kind of what we're at now. Matt Moore hasn't been told if he's the starter, which I kind of think that's more of a smokescreen type play. I, I think that he knows that he's going to be starting this week, and, and we'll get more into the logistics of it later here. But the Packers, obviously one of the best teams in the NFC. The Chiefs, one of the best teams in the AFC. Initially, when the season started, these tickets were $400. Now they're sitting about $150 cheaper. But I'm sure now that Mahomes is rumored to possibly have some type of play on the field they'll rise back up as well yeah absolutely Patrick Mahomes should not play in this game a week after dislocating your kneecap you definitely shouldn't play I don't care how much his competitiveness wants him to play like you don't want another KD situation where he tears something and is out for the year and possibly isn't the same again so I think we're going to see Aaron Rodgers versus Matt Moore and uh because of that it's going to be tough for the Chiefs. The Aaron Rodgers has kind of been doing what Russell Wilson's been doing, just, you know, balling out with receivers that we really haven't seen. You know, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and, you know, they also – he's had Devontae Adams, but Devontae Adams has kind of been, you know, uh, injured these past few weeks. He's questionable for this game. And, you know, 
he's just been playing out of his mind though, playing like playing like the old MVP Aaron Rodgers and not this older version that we've seen the last couple of years. So I think with that, Matt Moore starting for the Chiefs, I think the Packers take this win in Arrowhead. I think something interesting to look at here is what Andy Reid has done with backup quarterbacks in the past. Nonetheless, I think that Matt Moore maybe isn't as maybe isn't as hyped up as a Michael Vick was when he was in Philadelphia, but he he has had two separate occasions where Donovan McNabb was injured in Philadelphia, where his backups went five and one, and I think that's something to look at. I don't I don't think it'll be six game stretch where Matt Moore will have to play, and I also don't think that Matt Moore will go undefeated or one loss or whatever, and. I don't think that Pat Mahomes should play in this game. I think that if he's if he's cleared to play and he wants to go and he wants to help his team, then it's hard to stop him from doing that in a sun, in a primetime game against the 6 and 1 Packers. And Aaron Rodgers after he started out the year, I believe he only threw five touchdowns in the first few weeks of the season and then last week he threw five on its own. So he's definitely had a he's definitely rising up in the MVP conversation even without Devontae Adams over the last few weeks. What's interesting in this game for me is that Chiefs defense. Last week, whenever Mahomes got hurt and Matt Moore had to come in, the Chiefs defense. Granted, it was against the Broncos, and who aren't the who aren't the off who don't have the offense that the Packers do. But it was interesting to see they kind of like something sparked inside of them, and they they came out and they didn't allow another point for the rest of the game. And I think that'll be interesting if they can maybe do a little bit of that against the Packers and probably not get the same result but something half that result maybe I think that gives the Chiefs a chance but I am going to side with Sam on this one I'm going to go with the Packers here I don't think that Matt Moore is going to be able to in the, in the late in the game whenever the Chiefs are down by a touchdown or down at all I don't think that he's going to be able to do what Pat Mahomes could do and, and I, I agree with what you're saying I, I will say though that and this is kind of a, a little nugget of information if you will the last time the Packers visited Arrowhead in the regular season, they were I believe it was 2013-2014. They were 13 and 0 on the season in the defending Super Bowl champs. The Chiefs played them with a backup quarterback who wore guess what number? Number 8, Kyle Orton. And it was the Romeo Cronell year where the, they had the interim coach. There wasn't a whole lot moving very well with this offense. They go in, they get the win. They're the only team that beat the Packers up until that point against a very heavily favored Packers team. This one a, a little bit iffy, but given the way that the Chiefs have played at home, I'm actually going to pick the Packers in this one just for the soul uh, of the pickums here. I think there is definitely potential for the Chiefs to win this game if they get to Aaron Rodgers with the same type of pressure. But then again, Aaron Rodgers is not Joe Flacco. Aaron Rodgers is a vetted Super Bowl MVP quarterback. Granted, Joe Flacco is too, but the year that Aaron Rodgers did it. He was a lot better, and Aaron Rodgers has consistently been a lot better than Joe Flacco. Since then, I'm picking the Packers in this one as well. I agree with what everybody else is saying, although I will say don't rule the Chiefs out. Mahomes shouldn't be playing. I'm, I'm going to side with Sam on that one as well. We'll get more into that in a little bit here, but one-week turnaround for him is, is way too way too quick.